I'm going to be very direct with you this morning. I'm not going to sneak in the back door, try to manipulate you, catch you off guard, and then spring something on you. This Sunday is about Together in Mission. It was announced before, and we do it every year. And I'll come back to it, okay? When I was in the seminary, they taught us there were basically four types of homilies, sermons. One was to clarify uh, an understanding of faith to use the Word of God to, to understand perhaps love or, or kindness or compassion. Then there was one that was supposed to lead us. The preacher was trying to lead the people to a place of gratitude, just gratitude. And the Word of God is filled with that. There was another kind that was supposed to lead us to a, a place of praise, um, especially some of the big feast days. But the more common one was that would answer the question, what could we do or what should we do as Christians, followers of Jesus? So today is a, what could we do, what should we do? We have a history. Um, I don't know if you know this, but in the beginning of the formation of this country, the Catholic Church, there was a tremendous prejudice against us. We only had one diocese of Baltimore. That's, remember, the Baltimore Catechism. It came out of there. And... Um, didn't like Catholics, they didn't trust them. Jews also. How long did it take for us to get a present? JFK. JFK. And even then, I remember as a kid that people were saying, is he going to listen to the Pope in Rome or to the Constitution? How could we trust a Catholic? There was a lot of hatred toward Catholics. I remember when I was in Wilmington, there was a big signboard there. I couldn't believe it. But a church, or at least members of this church, paid for a sign, and I saw it in more than this place. It was Pope John Paul II, and he had his hands like this, like he was looking through glasses. And then it said this, Catholic Church dash, whore of Babylon. That was the sign, whore of Babylon. Wow. That was prejudice to the max. But I'll tell you what the Catholic Church did in this country. It came here and formed in order to help fellow Catholics, not that it wouldn't help others, but primarily help Catholics, to lift them out of poverty, to get them into the middle class, to get them educated. So one of the things the Catholic Church did here, as it did all over the world, formed schools everywhere, all the way up to university, so that people could be well-rooted in their faith and be very well-educated. It also came building hospitals, and nuns, sisters from all over the world came here to teach and to be nurses. They understood that others weren't going to do it for us. We had to do it for ourselves. So the Catholic Church was there to help and to build. In this parish, they had an Italian Catholic Federation group. I'd heard of the group, and I knew some other priest friends of mine who had them in their parish, but I never was in a parish that had one. So I got here, and the group, I admit, was dying. It, it stopped functioning. It was in its... Uh, the end of its days, but in the early days, it had done an enormous amount to when, when Catholic immigrants came here from Italy, they would help them uh, get adjusted and blend in and become a part of society and learn what they had to learn in order to function well here. Took them out of poverty, educated them well, and it made them feel at home. In the Italian Catholic Federation, I got here and I, I knew a little bit about it, but I went online and I said, whoa, they gave scholarships, and they had clubs and everything to, to bring the Italians to life in the church and help them exist here well. 
That's who we are. That's what we've done for this church always, everywhere all over the world. We've always helped the mission countries. It's what we do. And if you think about it, it comes directly from the Word of God. Did you hear the word today? This isn't, this isn't rare or new, but Isaiah says it perhaps better than anybody. Let me see if I can pull it up right here real fast. Ah, yes. This is Isaiah speaking for the Lord. He says, Thus says the Lord, Share your bread with the hungry. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked when you see them. And do not turn your back on your own. That's what he said we should do for others who are in need, God. But this is the reason, or one of the reasons, not just to help them, obviously they need help, but this is what it would do to us, the givers. Then, your light, the light inside you that led you to do that, to get rid of darkness, then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wounds shall be quickly healed. Your vindication shall go before you goes on, if you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. That's what happens to us when we find in ourselves a generous spirit, when we know how to give and to help. In the gospel today, uh, Jesus says it in another way, but just as bold. He says, you're the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It, it flavors, it, it, it preserves. You're the salt of the earth, he said to his followers. And then he says, but what if salt goes flat and loses its taste? Good for nothing. Throw it on the ground and walk on it. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set up on a hill, it, you, it, it can't be hidden. Everybody sees it. And like that, who lights a light, a lamp, and then covers up with a bushel basket? Someone who's cuckoo, a cuckoo person. No, you light a lamp and put it up on the lampstand so it gives light to everyone. He says, just so your light, your light must shine before others that they may see your good works. And glorify your heavenly Father. I think the church, as it grew in this country, and as it affected the lives of so many Catholics, and it provided a home of faith for people to come, to be strengthened, encouraged, and feel they belonged. We learned, I was born in 1950, great year, and anyone born around that time, we learned about the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. It was part of that Baltimore Catechism. This is what you do as a Catholic, especially those corporal works of mercy. They weren't spacey. Feed the hungry. Give drink to those who are thirsty. More people die of, of lack of water than they do of lack of food in the world. Visit the sick. Visit those in jails. Get out there and do something. And if you do those things, clothe the naked, uh, that doesn't fall out of the sky. It comes out of your pocket. And why do it? Because that's what we do. That's who we are. And it's the only thing that makes sense as followers of Jesus. So in that spirit, about 30 years ago, the cardinal, I was on the priest council at the time, and he came to us and said, I want to begin a group. I'm going to call it Together in Mission. 
And this group, we're going to collect money from the parishes. We'll have a formula to do it. Everybody will do the same percentage. And this is to help those who are in need, especially the parishes and schools that are going under, that can't make it. I was in one of those parishes in South Central. It was all black and Latino parish. I was one of three white people there. I was in the very, very, very tiny minority. But I had all the power. <laughs> what can I say? Um, but there I was. And... Uh, it was a poor entry point for mostly the Latinos. The blacks there were middle class, and they'd been there for years. In fact, they were still there because all the whites moved out after the Watts riots. So they were okay, but they were losing the church they once had there. All the Latinos came in, and it was a poor church, poorest place I ever served in. And uh, I remember one year, before we had this together in mission, I remember one year I couldn't pay for the salaries for the school. I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to go to the diocese because you'd get this finger, you know. Oh, what are you doing? Don't you know what you're doing? Uh, you know, like an angry mother. I was, no way. So I wrote a letter to 20 pastors that I knew begging. Said, I can't pay my salaries in the school. Can I one time, only one time this month, ask for your help? Give whatever you can. Eleven of them gave me a, a thousand bucks apiece. Some, my old ex-pastor, who I don't think he liked me very much, gave me two thousand. Wow. I was surprised, delighted, and felt supported. So the cardinal, understanding that parishes like the one I was in, we were begging all the time, just trying to survive and stay alive. And we have to go to the diocese and beg Monsignor Hawks. Dear God in heaven, what a pain that was to get a little bit of money. So, he said, there should be a way that we raise the money every year to help the neediest. These are our brothers and sisters, parishes and, and schools that can't make it. Let's help them. And that's what he did. He chose this title, Together in Mission, for two reasons. The old way of doing it was go beg from Monsignor Hawks. Go to the archdiocese and beg for the money, and you got it with a lecture and all of that, shaming and it was ugly, but you got the money. And oftentimes not exactly what you asked for, less, but you got some money. He said, stop that. There should not be a lack of dignity in this. So we need to all do this together, to be together in mission. If everybody gives something, everybody gives something, we can reach our goal so easily and be there as a helping hand for parishes and schools that need it. That was his reasoning to call it together in mission, that everybody could be included in it. But, but the idea on a deeper level still, a kind of a theological level was, there is a mission that Jesus has in the gospel. We heard it in, in the first reading, feed the hungry, take care of those who are sick and in prison, love, show some compassion, please. Because that's what I do and that's what my followers must do. So as a church, he said, this brands us as believers in this. So today we come here and we do it every year. We do a 10-month pledge, but you might say, Father Perry, what the heck is your problem? We just finished his renewed campaign. But you see, that money comes back to us. The part that goes to the diocese is to take care of seminarians and build seminaries and provide uh, um, um, chaplains at the hospitals and at the universities and in the jails. Um, there was at the last Mass a young man who's at UCLA. So I asked him, 
do you go to the campus ministry there? He says, yeah, it's, it's the Catholic church services there. And so they pay a chaplain to do that. Who does? The diocese pays the chaplain. There's a bunch of young people, at least five that I know of, that are going to Merced for the university up in Merced. So I say to all of them, do you go to the chaplains? Because they, they have a Catholic presence there. And they said they do. And who pays for those chaplains? The diocese that those universities are in. So we're, we, we're giving some of this money to the diocese to provide those services that we're, we're not going to go to pay at every jail for somebody. The diocese does it, but we help the diocese do that. But the rest comes back so that we can begin to renovate this place and provide it for the next hundred years and fix it and get it up to date and do what is needed. Realize that every single building was built here before we had the Internet, before we had any connection. Everything, everything is out of date. And everything needs upgrading. That's the way it is all over the place. I can't, I can't, say this enough. You know, first of all, it really helps if everybody helps. I used to go around and preach this uh, when I was in the poor parish. Uh, pastors would call me. They like to bring speakers in, and they'd bring Father Perry in because he's in the inner city. He's, he's down near Watts, they'd tell him. So they're thinking, oh my God, somebody from Mission Territory. So I went up to La Cunada three times in my years when I was in Mother Sorrows. And uh, First time I went, I preached all the masses, and I said to Monsignor Wallace, Monsignor, uh, does it take much effort to get this money? Does it take all 10 months? He says, oh, no, we do it in two or three weeks. This is the very wealthy parish, two or three weeks. He said, uh, I get these people come up to me and say, Monsignor, what do you need? Will 30000 help? Let me just write a check. <laughs> That's what we have to do for our pledges here, 32000 I think it is. Somebody to come up and say that. You need, hey, let me give you 30000 That might help. Of course, they were collecting 800000 or something for Together Mission because it was all the same 10% of the ordinary income from the previous year, and they bring in well over a million. The point is this. This is more than just getting the pledge met. Uh, any, by the way, anything that goes over, again, comes right back to us. But this is about identifying ourselves as a helping hand for others, saying the Church of Watts, the Church of South Central, you are our brothers and sisters. For God's sake, if you're in need, let us give something. And by the way, they have to raise the same amount, 10% of their previous year's ordinary income. They have to raise it fresh and put it into the pot. So even those that receive, they give the same. I thank you. This is a very important thing that we do in the diocese. And this is something that we do. The bishop doesn't do it for us. We do it, and we do it because we care.